Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. Um, I want to read for you Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34. And here's what the Lord says. He says, I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. And later on in Psalm 103.12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So what happens is we were dead in our sin, dead in our trespasses. God orchestrates a plan of salvation, gets Jesus to come to earth. Jesus takes upon himself our shame, our guilt. God judges Jesus instead of us. And gives us Jesus' holiness and his righteousness. And what God before called sinners, now he calls saints. There was a debt hanging over our heads before Jesus Christ. But the moment you believe in Jesus Christ, God, the judge of the universe, declares you not guilty, declares you righteous. And so basically it's almost as if you've come into God's house, broken everything that there is there. Not only God does not transfer the debt to something else, not only does God uh, not demand that you pay for it, but God forgives you and says, I'm going to give you somebody who's going to take your sin upon himself, and that's Jesus Christ. You guys with me? So that's what happens to you and to me in, um, in, in salvation. And let me ask you a question. Going back to the illustration where I broke a, a cup at your house, who was my offense against? It was against the host, the person who was, whose house I was at. And who is the only person that can forgive? You are the only person who can only forgive. So when you and I sin, right, when we do things that are against God, when we, don't, when we leave that path of blessing, right, we sin against God. And because we've offended God, only God can forgive you and me. Only God can. And how does he do that? God pays for our sin. How does he do that? So we know that 2,000 years ago, on a hill outside of Jerusalem, the Bible says that Jesus bore our sin upon himself. This is what we're going to be remembering in communion. This is a sign of a huge debt that was stacked against us, but that was paid for completely by Jesus Christ and what he did for me and for you on the cross. This is why when we do communion and why in Latin it's called the Eucharist, the word the Eucharist means a giving of thanks. We're giving thanks to God for erasing the debt that was stacked against us because of Jesus Christ. And Isaiah 53, 4 through 5 says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. So Jesus Christ takes the judgment that was meant for you and for me upon himself. And that should encourage and motivate us to tell this good news to everybody, everyone that we know. And the problem that we live in, our, in, a, in a culture, that, in, in Western culture, is that most people are not struggling to eat or to have a roof over their head. Yes, there are those exceptions. But for the most part in the Western world, we live a very, very comfortable life. This is why we need to get comfortably uncomfortable. And so, usually when people 
try to come to church or, or want to get spiritual a blessing is usually when it's a very tough time in their life. A catastrophe of some sort is going on. But here's the problem, the challenge that you and I are going to run into. We're going to meet people in our lives who have a great life, nothing is going wrong, but, we don't, but they don't need Jesus. This is where we need to share the gospel with them. This is where even our persuasive words won't change their heart, only God can. And the Bible talked and says that how beautiful are the feet of those that proclaim the good news. And so if we believe that the word of God is breathed out by God, we should be encouraged to share the gospel with as many people as possible and so that it can escape uh, the pending judgment. And the great thing about uh, judgment is that because Jesus Christ was judged on our behalf, when we get to heaven, I want to look forward, okay? When we get to heaven, when we face Jesus, okay, we're not going to be judged for our sin. We're going to be judged and we're going to get rewards for the faithfulness that we have demonstrated towards Jesus. And when you and I do good works, Jesus himself said in Matthew 6, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people. Jesus also said, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And what Jesus was basically saying that if you want to experience maximum amount of rewards in heaven, don't talk about your righteousness before other people, just go ahead and do it. So when you and I get to heaven, there will be different levels of rewards. And the, the way I can illustrate that is the following. If you've ever been um, to a concert, okay, when you go to a concert, there's different uh, seating levels, right? There's the nosebleed sections, and then there's the, the pit sections, which are kind of like closer to the stage. Everybody in the concert venue experiences the concert, but everybody experiences it differently. So when we get to heaven and we see Jesus face to face, we will experience Jesus' blessing. We will experience his presence, but it will be a different type of experience, okay? So all that to say the following. When we get to heaven, when we see Jesus face to face, there will be two types of judgments. The first judgment will be for us Christians who will get how much rewards. The second judgment will be for people who rejected Jesus Christ. The second judgment will be people who said, I did not believe in Jesus Christ. I did not think that he was the righteous savior and I wanted to save myself, but they could not. And those people, the Bible says that there will be no second chances. And I, and I do believe that this is an offensive message, but it's a true message. And that should, I think, encourage us to, to share the gospel with the people in our lives. Now, when we talk about prayer, okay, and when we talk about developing a habit of an effective and uh, powerful prayer life, I want to, I before we get to communion, I want to give you guys uh, six practical ways to pray. Because I think a lot of us, when we think of prayer, we think of like, you know, like just um, <clears throat> conservative-looking monks chanting in a monastery somewhere. It doesn't necessarily have to be like that. And I believe that. I hope you're encouraged when I, when I give you guys six practical ways to pray that many, maybe you're already doing some of these things. So in order for us to experience a blessing from God, in order for us to experience God's favor, we must confess our sin, right? We must come to the altar of God clean and clear from all sin. How do we do that? We ask God for forgiveness and God looks at us not as we are. He looks at us as Jesus is and he forgives us. So if we've confessed our sins, we understand our righteousness. Here is how to have an effective prayer life, okay? Very practical points. Number one, you can write this down so you can start practicing it. I think it, it really helped me out. Number one is 
Journal your prayers, okay? Journal your prayers. This is a conversation you're having with, with God. The same way that we invest in conversations with people in our lives to have better communication, it's the same thing with God. And so if you love God, the more you want to experience a blessing from God, the more you want to understand who Jesus is, we must be closer, we must have that intimate relationship with Him. And the first practical way is this, journal your prayers. <clears throat> if you're somebody that like, likes to write um, and you love paper, get a journal that you're going to use. Get something nice for yourself and just start journaling your prayers. It is no problem to like literally think of what you're praying about and actually write it out because it's pretty much the same thing. So the, the first way to practically pray is to journal your prayer. If you like to type, you can type out your prayers as well. It would be interesting to... The, 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 the cool thing about journaling your prayers is because... You can track God's goodness in your life. You can circle when he said yes. You can circle when he said no. You can circle or uh, underline when he said maybe and you had to wait a while. And it kind of gives you a, a snapshot of how good God has been in your life. And that should encourage you and fuel your faith. That's the first way to pray. Journal your prayers. Second way to pray is pray over your calendar and your schedule. I'm pretty sure that all of us have a calendar and all of us have a schedule. Every time I meet with the worship team or with any other team on our church and I, we talk about certain dates, everybody pulls out their phone and pulls out their calendar, right? A very practical thing to do is to pray over your schedule and pray over your calendar because when you look at your calendar, when you look at your schedule, those are the things scheduled there. Certain important appointments, important meetings, work, school, uh, jobs, uh, church, community group, friends' birthdays, anniversaries. All of that stuff. It's important for us to get a calendar and to pray over that. Pray for God's blessing. Pray for God's favor over that. Third way to pray, very practical, is pray with Scripture. And the reason that it's so effective to pray with Scripture is because it primes the pump, okay? Let me explain what, what I mean by that. Sometimes when, and I've had this happen, sometimes when you, when you, when you want to pray, you just don't feel like praying sometimes. You're like, uh, okay, God, I just want to give you a lot of my requests. I'm not really sure what else to say. Praying scripture actually primes the pump. And a practical way to do that is, for example, if you open Philippians 4, 6, and it talks about, do not be anxious about anything, right? But with everything, with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Praying with scripture means you open scripture and you pray the very thing you just read. So if I'm praying with scripture, I say, God, please help me not to be anxious. Here are the things I'm anxious about. Here are the things I'm frustrated about. I'm asking that your peace that surpasses all human understanding would come over me. You can pray through the Psalms. It's a very simple thing. If you're requiring more wisdom in your life, open up the book of Proverbs and just pray through that. You're going to see how wonderfully God is going to work in your prayer life and how your prayer closet is going to become one of the most exciting places that you'll get to visit. I've had moments in my life not always, but I've had moments in my life where I could just not wait until I get to pray again, until I get to have my quiet time with God. And the more we do that, the more desire we have that, and the more we become like Christ. That's number three. Pray scripture. Number four is pray about the news, right? Pray for the different things going on. 2014 was a very crazy year. We had uh, like diseases coming here from different places. We had like three different airlines disappear all from one country. That's, I don't, I don't know what, how, to, how to even explain that. We've had all sorts of crazy things happen. But the Bible calls us to pray 
for people who are in government, people who are, you know, hurting, people who are, um, who are sick. I, I, um, every time that you hear an ambulance uh, go by in, while you're driving in the freeway on the surface streets, pray for, for, for that person that, that has been hurt. It's important for us to do that. Don't just watch the news with your brain completely turned off, but watch it in a, in a, in a prayerful way. That's number four. Number five is pray with other people. Um, hook yourself up with some prayer partners, right? In our church, we have a, a couple of different prayer groups. In our community groups, we, we pray. The reason it's so great to pray with other people is because you are, you are encouraged by hearing what other things are happening in other people's lives. And it's encouraging to hear that. And when you're praying with other people, you can ask other people to pray for you. It's so encouraging. It's so encouraging to do that. And what I would suggest when you pray with other people is this. If somebody ever shares with you a prayer request and they ask, you know what, something's going on in my life, I want to pray for you. Um, They're asking for prayer. Instead of saying, I will pray for you and never actually doing it or completely forgetting it, do the following two things. Number one, ask the person, do you mind if I pray for you right now? It doesn't matter where you're at, at the, at, at, you know, out in the parking lot, in the church, um, at your work, wherever it is. Just pray for that person right then and there. It's, it's a huge encouragement. I've had that pe- people do that to me, and it was awesome. And the last way to pray, last but not least, is pray um, contemplatively, okay? And pray while thinking. And some years back when I, was, um, when I was going to seminary, I had a really long commute. It was 90, probably like 90 miles each way. And I'm not trying to say I'm like a really spiritual person that all I did was pray the whole time. Don't think that. But I redeemed that time by just praying. So if you have a commute or if you're doing things that you're not really interacting with people, but you have a job that you're working with, maybe objects or something else, I don't know what it is. Use that time to pray. Pray contemplatively. Prayer is not just you like getting on your knees and putting your hands in a prayer position and praying, although that can be part of it, right? So pray contemplatively. So I want us to understand that this is the way to pray. This is part of the way. So journal your prayers, pray over your calendar and schedule, pray scripture, pray about the news, pray with other people, and pray contemplatively. Those are the six practical ways to pray. Thank you for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by this message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.